Welcome to another episode of Trap Talk. Today, uh, we're going to go special edition on you guys. We're going to talk about our trip to the Fujara Mountain Championship. We went to Dubai, me and Ricky, and shot some sporting clays. And today, we're just going to go over a little bit about our experience and and how it went. Thanks for being here today, Ricky. Absolutely, Zach. It's great to see you again. I mean, we were together for like eight days across the world, you know. Yeah, that that was a long trip. So, uh, you know, Rick, first of all, I just want to start with the trip over there. You know, how did it go in your mind? I mean, obviously, I was in the coach and you were in the business class. So, so you know, walk listeners through what it took to get prepared to go to Dubai for a shooting competition and, and, and how our overall experience was getting there. Well, honestly, I mean, I thought it was a great trip. Of course, you got us signed up and everything because the credit card companies don't like, you know, charges stuff, I guess, across the country or across the world. We booked our flights on Emirates because it was a nonstop, of course. And uh, last minute, I decided to upgrade to business class just because uh, everybody I was talking to was like, man, 14-hour flight, your size, you're going to want that you know, lay down bed and, you know, in that little cubby. And, and it was nice. I'll tell you, you know, we, uh, I enjoyed a, several old fashions on the, on the trip and, and some good cuisine. And, and it was a 13 and a half hour flight. I slept for seven hours. I don't know. Uh, did you get much sleep back in, uh, in economy? You know, I got a little bit of sleep, but I, I upgraded my seat to the one without anyone sitting in front of you. So it was an exit row. So I had tons of leg room and that was a pretty inexpensive upgrade i think the round trip ticket was a thousand dollars and with the upgrade i was like right at 1400 round trip to give people some perspective on what it costs to do this trip but i'd sleep for a few hours and then i wake up you know it leaned back more than the regular southwest plane does but not as much as ricky he had a full lay down so i walked up there and they looked at me like i was in the wrong neighborhood and uh <laughs> And, and and I see Ricky in there and he's all laid out in this nice cot and it's all like beautiful wood. And, you know, he's got old fashioned sitting there and I'm like, man, I got to go back to coach. So <laughs> I go, I grab an Evian water from the high end class and I go back there and, and uh, I'm enjoying it. But, but the meals, I mean, they had three hot meals for us. All you can drink, all, all you can, you know, really eat. If you wanted more food, they'd give it to you for free. It all comes in. And the, uh, the staff was very, very good at their job. They were very, I guess, welcoming and yeah. very high on the hospitality end of it for sure. Yeah. I've never but, flown Emirates, but yep. uh, if I fly again, I think probably it's the only way. And I really liked that it was nonstop out of Chicago. Now, getting to Chicago was another story in itself. But I don't know if I'd want to do like a, a six-hour <laughs> flight and then another seven-hour flight. Like, I think just going all the way on one plane is nice. I was thinking about this, you know, they're, they're planning to do this shoot every two years. So people want to, to go or need some info. They can definitely, you know, hit us up in, uh, in 2025 about, you know, going or, or whatnot, the experience, the cost really to go wasn't that bad. My ticket was a little bit higher than yours by about, you know, ah, about $1,500 more. Yeah. 1600. So you're, you're at 3000 round trip and yeah. I was 1400 round trip. But yeah. you only went business one way, right? Yep. Yeah, it was just business one way. Couldn't get it on the way back. It was way too expensive to upgrade on the way back. I was thinking that with all the expenses and everything, you know, we probably spent 
four or five grand going now, probably a little bit less than that, honestly, because the entry was $400 and that included for everybody that doesn't understand this, the, the $400 included your targets and your ammo to compete with, for the 200 targets. And, and it also included, well, included your transportation from Dubai International to Fujara to our resort, Rotana, and then back to the airport when we were all done shooting, but every day also to and from the shooting range. I thought all in all, the cost was very cheap for what we were doing. Yeah. I think the extra money that we spent was when we went to the mall of Dubai, yeah. you know, we, we were buying gifts and getting stuff and that was the money that we spent. But this mall in Dubai, it's incredible. It's the largest mall in the world, they say. And they've got a waterfall in there. They've got ice skating rings in there. Yep. They've got golf courses in there. They've got a ski slope in there. It's somewhere we didn't see it all, but no. I mean, this stuff's in there and we're like, oh man. But the other thing they've got is just like, diamonds and like these jewelry stores where there's like four or five or six million dollar necklaces just in the middle of the mall and it was just like no big deal you could definitely feel um they had some juice over there so it was <laughs> yeah it, it, you know it was a lot of fun our wives couldn't go so zach and i went together and, and that was great in itself but we also we stayed at the same resort with nick barry anthony matarese dominic grassi you know, Joe Feniza, his family, Caitlin Koenig and her mom. Yeah, so we had a great time. We had a great group of people. We had a fantastic dinner on Tuesday night with Mustafa. That was great. He invited all the Americans, you know, Will Fennell, Madison Sharp, Gavin and, and Karen Miles. And, and so we just had a great experience. We were welcomed by all the people there. And that was one of the things that for my first trip internationally, competing in anything, let alone sporting clays. I thought it was a great time. It was run well. The targets were um, some of the hardest and most extreme sporting clays targets I've ever seen, but it was such a fun experience. And I, I think for people that have never experienced something like this, they ought to look at going and, and traveling outside. And I call it, you know, traveling outside your realm. I shoot sporting clays in the United States several times a year but nothing on this altitude. Yeah, it, it was crazy. And you know, to back up to the welcoming, I never felt uncomfortable in this place. I mean, from the minute I got on the plane in Chicago till the minute I landed in Dubai, and then as soon as we got there, obviously Ricky was off the plane first because he had business class. So, so I come <laughs> waddling in behind and, and there's, a, there's a lady there with our names on a sheet. And she's like, oh, we're waiting on Mr. Nanini. And he's like, oh, yeah, that's Zach. You know, we get, we'll wait on him. And then, boom, they pick us up. We're in a little golf cart. They take us to customs. Now, that's something I guess we should go through the guns. That in itself was a little bit of a different experience <clears throat> because you're not going to get to handle your guns when you get to this country. So the way it works is you fill out some paperwork here in the United States. You declare you know, that you're bringing a firearm, you need to put your serial numbers on, and then you need to get a form. And I don't remember the name of the form, but it's basically. I think it's the 4417 or something like that. It's your U.S. Customs and Border Protection. And that's to and, declare uh, the value of our firearms. So when we're it's bringing a, it on back in, you don't have to pay a tariff or a tax for bringing a firearm into this country. Correct, Rick? Well, this forms the 4457 is what it is. Is you fill it out, you go to U.S. Border Protection, 
They look at your serial number, your barrel numbers. It's all written down. They sign it, stamp it. You need that to get back in the United States to show that, hey, I took this out with me and, you know, proof to bring it back in. That's what it looks like. Yep, that form right there. Very simple. But the Fujara form that we had to fill out, and that was for the Dubai police. Because like Zach said, I've been to Canada and, and shot and you go in, boom, boom, boom. You take your gun, you can go anywhere you want to with it. Just like in the United States, anywhere you want to. Well, over there, you get there. They went through customs. We got our bag. And then Zach and I ended up stopping in the duty free so we could pick up some nice Buffalo Trace. To- yeah, we didn't get the Buffalo Trace. That yeah. was handy. Yeah, we had to have that in the room. They do allow a little bit of drinking in the in the resorts. There's no bars in Fujara anywhere. So we uh, we got there. The police were waiting on us. They ran over the numbers with us, looked at everything. Everything was good. And the officer said, I'll have your guns there tomorrow morning. And we had air tags in our cases. And sure enough, about I woke up, I think, at like 4 a.m. And like 4.30, the guns were on the move. Yeah, And they were there. That's... That's something that I recommend to anyone that travels. You know, if you buy an air tag, it's 25 bucks, track it on your phone, throw that in your mirror yeah. case or whatever it is. Then you know where your gun's at for us. We were worried because we got in so late and we're like, well, we want to practice in the morning at 7 a.m. And we're like, is our gun even going to be there at 7 a.m.? Well, sure thing. We wake up, guns are there at six. So, yep. you know, they basically transported them, you know, with the police all the way to the gun club, which is about an hour and a half away from uh, Dubai International Airport. And then they had a system where you could check your guns in and out. Now, once you checked your gun out, you they gave you a little card and you you know you, you sign the thing and you go and you take it and you put it in the sleeve and then you were out shooting all day with it. And then you had yep. to make sure to bring it back. And that was a big thing because there were police on the range all day and like you would never be able to leave your gun unattended. It wasn't like here where you could just leave your gun on the ground on a shooting bag and walk away. Like you had to have it in the rack or you had to have it on your persons. Yep. That's the card right there. So yeah. I get it out of the target. Yeah. It's Oop. yeah. All right. Your face, maybe. Yeah. So, so that's the card they gave us. And, and basically our guns run there every day and, you know, and very, very, very safe, very, very easy. Um, we, oh, we yeah. Transport back to the resort and uh, went to the bar and had a little something to eat. Cause we were tired. I'd say the hardest thing for me to adjust to was the, the time change. It was 10 hours ahead from St. Louis time when we arrived. We left Saturday night, 7 p.m. And then we arrived Sunday night, 7 p.m. roughly in Dubai. So by the time we got to our resort, it was, I don't know, 10 o'clock-ish. Yeah, we got there. Actually, I think it was like 1030 that first night. Remember then we went down and. And we, we got some food, had a couple beers, got to the room. You know, Zach and I split a room and it was nice little resort. Um, you know, Rotana, I'd recommend it to anybody. It's a family friendly resort. Yeah. Uh, they had a beautiful beach, you know, nice swim up pool that Zach and I partaked in some mojitos one night. Yeah. They've got a swim up bar. It's beautiful. I mean, yep. and, and, and clear beaches. I mean, the beach yep. was clean, you know, the food was good. And I, I ran some numbers. We were you know, splitting a room at a resort like this. Me and Rick were $500 a piece. Um, you know, $1,400 was my plane ticket. And then $400 was registration. So, you know, before all of the mall stuff and dinners and all that, you know, you're really at this trip about 
2400 bucks. In my mind, going to a shoot for a week with a hotel, with a plane ticket, with shells, with targets, you're not going to do that in the States for that much money. Most no. of the time. I mean, if you're staying at the Marriott or you know, you're driving. Yeah. So I feel like we got a really good value for our money. And, you know, to thank the Prince, he's the guy who subsidized this whole event. So I'm sure it cost a lot more to come do yeah. this, but you know, he wanted everyone to come. So he basically kicked in the dough to the resorts to get everything to where it all penciled out and worked. Yeah. Cause it was, I know I looked after the fact at a room and I want to say it was like right around a thousand AD. So like 300 a night or 400 a night over, you know, what would cost us. Yes. You know, so, yes. and that's because it was subsidized by the yes, shoot. Yes. So, so, so we're, yeah. we're paying $89, $90 a night American. Yeah. And normally it's 300 a night. So that yeah. difference, that was all covered by the high prints. And, you know, yeah. and, and because we were the, the guests going for the shoot, the crown prints, right? Yeah. yeah. Crown prints. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yep. learning every day, but, but yeah, you didn't really get to meet this guy because he was like, out there one night and he had his, you know, caravan of all the guys around them protecting him. He was like the president, you know, you don't really ever get to shake his hand, but you know, he's there when he's there. Cause it's a big commotion for sure. Yep. Yeah. It was a, it was a great event. And going back to what Zach was saying about the air tags, traveling in the States, ah, you know, you, you got your luggage, you see blah, 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 no big deal. Now we, we will go back to Caitlin Koenig. They lost her suitcase. Emirates did, and she had an air tag, and she kept showing them it's in, it's here in Dubai, and they were like, "Nah, we're not looking at it." Well, I think her bag ended up traveling like India. fourteen flights, so or something, or twelve flight, whatever. I mean, her bag came back, and there was more tags on it than than you know tags on a deer, and uh, it was crazy that she tracked it all the way to India. So yeah, it went to and Emirates, New, New Delhi, India, I think it went to. It was hanging yeah. out over there. Yeah, we felt we felt bad for her because some poor girl, she's walking around, she's got the same pants on for three days at the, at the resort. So, you know, you know me and Ricky are gonna make a little fun of that every once in a while. But that was more that was more Zach. He he nicknamed her Stinky. But you know, we had a great time. Um, it was a great ranch shoot. You know, George Digweed and and uh Phil Gray from England, they set the targets. Um, were they easy to see? No, there was a lot of visibility issues. Um, you know, Zach and I are used to seeing targets going away in a sky background or even tree background, possibly. And your shoot, they were bio targets because you were in a, um, I understand it was like a national forest for that. A, a wildlife preserve is what I, I yeah. like, a, like a park, basically. Yeah, oh, basically like just there. for this. Yeah. And so they had to use bio targets. And so with the tan bottoms, they were tough to see, but. Was it cool? And some of the, the targets I threw? Absolutely. I mean, would I do it again and shoot the same target? Absolutely. Yeah. You know? And and I think that's the difference. I mean, I this was only my second sporting clay shoot ever. Ricky shot a lot of them, but you know, I went to Sporting Clays National down in San Antonio last yeah. year just to check it out and to get, you know, a winning made me a sporting stock and Craig off got me a sporting barrel. Cause I mean, I'm out there with a trap gun trying to figure this out. And they're like, no, nah, you need this. And so it definitely does help to have the equipment to shoot the game, yep. but even still, this is my second one ever, and everyone kept telling me, you know, Zach, this is about as difficult as a shot as you're ever going to see. Some of the shots were, you know, 
50, 60, 70 yards hauling. And then you had some shots that were 80, 90, 100 yards away. And it's just like, you know, the amount of lead that you have to put on a bird like that, I mean, a full school bus or more to break it is uh, is incredible. And the other yeah. thing that I learned that we were using, and I didn't really know this until a couple of days in, but uh, it was copper plated lead shot. So a little lighter and it was for, you know, bio reasons, obviously, just like the bio targets. They didn't want anything to leak lead into the into the environment. But the way that we were in these mountain terrains, they were able to set targets that you couldn't even think of setting here in America. I mean, because you were they were putting machines up on mountaintops and then throwing the targets back to you. Like, how do they even think of this? And I think you yeah. got to give a lot of credit to George on that. Depending on where you shot, what time of the day, the light was a difficult, you know, difficult thing to deal with. Sometimes they had a bunch of machines sent out in the middle of a lake. And, and the, there was a raft where they had machines on it. And it was throwing targets back to the shore where we were at shooting. But with the sun, if the sun was over your head, you got a whole lot of glare on that water. So visibility, yes. I'd say visibility was probably the hardest part of this shoot just because, I mean, mountains, sky, water, desert, and, you know, you take that target and, you know, mix it into that and, Sometimes you see it really well. Sometimes you don't, you know? So, yeah, um, yeah. It, it was difficult down in that quarry with, with it, you know, with the water, you know, they had a little boat that they had to take out to load the machines and it, it was cool targets. So, and they were tough. I mean, there was, I, I think two, I hit one of the targets and a guy on the, the, the squad in front of us hit one. And we were like, the only two, of the ladies said that it hit one in like eight squads. It was just, it's one of those that, you just had to be lucky on some, but I will say we shot a lot of practice to one day. I enjoyed doing that. You know, we probably spent, I don't know, two or 300 bucks shooting practice, which yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe, you know, I not think a, about 200 bucks, yeah. but, but and it was games too. You know, for that we, 200 bucks, we probably shot at least 200 more targets, maybe, maybe 200 we shot, targets and that's with shells. So that was pretty, yeah, yeah. Pretty yeah, that included that included all the shells with your practice when you purchased the practice tickets, and then they had game tickets like a five stand sport trap, and then a pool shoot deal that George had, and we shot that a few times. But I will say, shooting that helped, and for you, Zach, starting off, he struggled, but with the help of Nick Barry, Nick came out and shot with us, and and he really helped Zach, you know, a lot with oh, you know, Zach was. Well, Zach was trying to play tennis with his hands. You know, he's going one way or another, and, and Nick's like, listen, act like there's a bird in your hands and you can't kill it. So yeah. that, <clears throat> that in itself, I mean, for the listeners, we're all trap shooters, right? I mean, trap, I want everything to be as precise as possible in a yep. window, in a tight little area. And now you're talking about swinging and watching some of these targets. There were stations where I'd set up and I was shooting on one side, and I'd have to turn my body completely 180 degrees to finish the shot. So you think about the amount of movement that you need to make from, you know, 180 degree turn. I mean, that's huge, right? So you, you talk about really, you know, gripping the gun or, you know, only driving the gun with your shoulder. Like, I mean, I do in trap. I'm all core and well, well in the center. And, it, and in it, sporting, I've seen a lot of guys finish with their hands. I mean, they're, they're, they're matching with the backhand on speed and then they're finishing with that front hand. It's a completely yep. different deal. And on top of that, they're not on the gun like we are in trap. 
I mean, they're, you know, I'm seeing some of the best guys and they're just touching the gun to their face, maybe even not even touching the gun to the face. And I'm like, how do you have that reference point? And it's just that they know exactly where it is. They're looking yep. out in the sky and they're delivering that shot. For me, if I'm not locked into that gun in trap, I feel very uncomfortable. And so that yes. was a different thing for me to really adjust to, but it's a completely different, a completely different game for sure. Oh yeah. It, it was a lot of fun. Like I said, and, and the, the nice thing about this is originally Zach and I thought, Hey, we're going to go over there. <clears throat> you know, we'll get a shoot together. Well, it's all it's random squatting. We were shooting practice one day and with a couple guys and, and one of them was Aish from Kuwait. We became friends just immediately. We all just get along and we're all shooters all over the world. And well, as luck behold, boom, I'm squatted with Aish. So I had an awesome squad. I probably had one of the best squads there because I had Aish from Kuwait, Michael Nesty from Italy, Patrice from Spain, and then Muna from Qatar. And Patrice is one of the top lady sporting shooters uh, overseas. And, and I think even in the world, she ended up finishing fourth place. But cool thing was, we all helped each other. We chatted in between shots. Even some of the referees commented that said, you know, you guys are having a good time and that's what we like to see. And because these referees, I mean, they're professional. They're Johnny on the spot. And yeah, and they don't you know, play. I mean, they'll, they'll, no, they'll, they'll yeah. name you quick. And it's not like in trap where you're sitting there and you're shooting and then you're telling the ref what the rules are. I mean, yeah. and you're trying to figure it out. It's, you know, they know. And they'll take a target away quicker than you can make your head spin. Well, like, boom. Yeah. Well, here's one of the things you can't be in the, in the, the station, the square circle, whatever. If your foot's in there, they can call a lost target on the shooter, even from the person watching. So, but the one thing about this shoot too, though, that we didn't mention is they threw flash targets. Our squad, actually, we had three flash targets. The squad in front of us had a bunch and they kept throwing them as look targets. Because you got up to every every peg. So each layout, you shot three layouts the first two days and then two layouts a second. On each layout, there was three pegs. And you usually shot five singles and two pairs, five singles and two pairs, and then five singles and a pair. So nine, nine, seven to make your 25. Each single, you got full use of the gun, two shots. And it was very interesting as the first day, we didn't see any. The second day on Friday... Patrice got one. We were up on layout eight and it come across the top of the mountain. And, and I could see the bottom had like a weird color to it. And when she smoked it, it smoked green or pink. I can't remember actually on hers. And we were all excited. That's $500. Yeah. Well, we went down then from there to layout one. And on layout one, the guy said, now listen, don't be throwing too many look targets on these chandelles. There's been a lot of flash targets. We're like, oh. So she gets in, she shoots, boom, boom, boom. I get in, I call, and I miss the first two targets. And I was like, God, I shouldn't have missed these targets. I'm like, get your head back in the game. And I get the chandelle, and boom, here is a flash target. Green target, pink center. And I'm like, get in the gun. And I just smoked that thing. And I was all happy because 500 bucks, my entry fee's covered. So that was cool. You know, we are excited. You know, everybody's hooping and hollering. And then, as luck behold, Saturday, the last day, sure enough, I get another green target, pink center. And I'm like, Daddy's doubling his money. Double and I, up, baby. 
That's just good, clean living and luck. I didn't ever see one of these things all week when I was in Dubai, but but you know, Ricky's seeing them by the dozen, you know. So it is it is what it is. But it was it was great. I mean, it was a thousand bucks. They paid you in cash, and I mean, it was just a well-run deal. Now, now, Zach, how was your squad that you shot with? You know, I had a great squad. I had a, a gentleman named Andrew Wasaki, I think is how you say his name. He's from Canada. Yeah, and I think yep. he finished like ninth in the shoot. So it was really nice to shoot with someone that had a lot of experience, that knew how to shoot, yeah. you know. And being Canadian, we were able to talk a lot. Cultures yeah. were very similar, Americans and Canadians, you know, just like trap shooting. And then another friend of mine, his name's Radu, and he was a great shooter. And I think he's from Turkey. And then another guy named Michael, who's newer uh, to the game. This was his second sporting play shoot also. So, with you, so you, had a, you had diverse, you know, it was, you know, it was, you know, a guy that was, one of the best in the country or one of the best in the world, obviously. And then you had a guy that was really good, but you know, maybe been doing it for five or seven years. And yeah. then you had me and this other guy that were new and, you know, I had some ability, like everybody is like, Oh, well, he looks like he knows what he's doing. Right. And then I just don't hit anything. So that's the, the problem is as I look real good out there, I got all the right gear and the right moves, but uh, it's just a, a matter of hitting more. Targets. <laughs> but as I shot every day, I got better. So, you know, I, I, I moved up every day. I got a little bit better and learned a little bit more. And yeah. I feel a lot more comfortable now. I want to go back in 25. And I know what I need to work on to get to the place that I need to be for that shoot. And it's a lot of long shots with a lot of lead, a lot of daylight. And you just got to, I mean, that's something you just got to shoot a ton of and train a yeah. ton of. I shoot all the games. But shooting those extreme targets, there's a few people in the world that can do that. And and three of them were there that I would say that we ought to go see and want to be Anthony Matarese. You know, go go hit him up and, and maybe do a couple lessons with him and even go maybe spend a, a day or whatever and go see Will Fennell down yeah. in South Carolina. Will's been around the game since I think the game's been invented. I got yeah. to meet him and, and then talk Nick to yeah, and Nick, you know, and you know, yep. between those three guys, Anthony, Will, and and Nick, you know, I learned a ton of stuff, and they're very welcoming. And I think yeah. shotgun sports is evolving. We're all wanting to shoot and see different things and have fun. And these guys want you to do good. And the other guy that I met that was really helpful was Ryan Holmes, and he, uh, oh yeah, told me a lot that I was like, wow, that's just, you know, just a different <laughs> way of thinking. And when we started talking about it. It was clicking back to trap. You know, it was all uh-huh. relating back where it's not so different. It's just, you know, more movement, more movement in the body. And elaborate real quick on, on Ryan Holmes. Ryan was part of the, the group with Mustafa inviting us, all the Americans to dinner and stuff. And, and we'd like to thank him for that. And you know, it was a great experience. And we went back to their resort and smoked cigar with, with Mustafa and had great conversation. And Ryan's very knowledgeable. There on, on a lot of stuff, especially in, in the, the sporting world, you know, shooting world in general. So, but yeah, it was a great time for sure. Yeah, I, I, I do enjoy a cigar every once in a while. Um, <laughs> but, but I guess the, the big cultural differences there, you know, going there versus here is if you're off of the resort, there's really not anything other than like stores and food. You know, there's not bars or anything like that. It's just, you no. Know, it's just, you know, out there, you know, they've got these tea shops and, you know, tea everywhere. They drink tea yep. freaking 24 seven out there. And they've got, Which was good. They've, yeah, it's good tea. They, they put some milk and some sweetener in. I don't know if it's honey or whatever, but I mean, it's really good tea. 
and they've got kebab houses, you know, coming out of your ears. I mean, you can get a kebab on every corner. You get, uh, you know, the heroes and, you know, I guess uh, the, the <clears throat> hummus, and the baba ganoush and all that stuff. I mean, that's what yep. they're living on. It's a very, it's a very healthy thing at, at, at the breakfast every morning at our hotel. It, it's amazing because they had American stuff there as far as like eggs and they had turkey bacon. They didn't have any, but I never seen pork there. I don't think. Well, they, you, they don't have pork. I don't think they that. have pork there at all. But they had turkey bacon, and they had you know beef sausages and and yep. and things like that in the morning. Like over there, a lot of the people that I see, they're local. We're eating more of a dinner for breakfast. It was more in noun bread, hummus, vegetables, some cheese, some some deli meat, some things like that. And, and you know, I I loved it. I I was happy. I know Ricky oh. was like ready for a cheeseburger when he got home, but no, I actually wasn't. I I thought the food, you know, the the local cuisine we had with Mustafa that night, the homemade hummus, and those uh, what were they the 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 minced meat, beef minced meat? Yeah, they're yeah. like little meatball things. I mean, those are incredible. Yeah, the quail. I mean, everything. And then they had a a beautiful layout at the uh, at the shooting range for dinner that night. And I had, this is funny, this guy's like, I'm making Italian. And he wasn't Italian. No. So I was like, eh, okay, uh, you know, what do you got? And he said, you like a fettuccine? And I said, sure, give me some fettuccine. And it was good. Oh, yeah, it was good. good. The, 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 the cream sauce was all like a, a goat cream or something. And it was like, <laughs> I was like. It was yeah. good, yeah. So the, so the two big events they had were we had the opening ceremony and we had the closing yep. ceremony. And the opening ceremony, I mean, there was food galore. I mean, they had these yep. stations where it was a pasta station. They had a lamb station. They had oh, churro stations. They had, you know, all, all kinds of desserts and stuff. But it was just like a huge area where you could just walk up and get all these different foods, French fries or whatever, burgers. And it was all free. It was all included in the deal. Just to say thank you for coming, um, and then they they did the same thing basically the closing ceremonies. And that was one thing is I posted some pictures on my Facebook. I know Zach has too, and even on my Instagram of like I mean they had the locals there doing their their dance and their their rituals and stuff, and it was cool to see what other countries do and 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 stuff. For me, first time traveling internationally, and we we got to hold the the Falcons there. You know, that was kind of cool. I mean, yeah. that one, I kept I kept looking at him and he'd look at me and through these blinders and I'm like, dude sees me. But, you know, I will say that going back to like my squad I shot with, Aish from Kuwait, he's talking about coming over to uh, M&M in, in 2024 for the world championships, which will be held at Anthony Matarese's club in, in New Jersey, M&M sporting and putting a squad together. And I would love to see is, some trap shooters that enjoy shooting sporting clays is go to some of these other big shoots, go around, you check know, it yeah. yeah, it's worth it. It, it really is. Yep. And you know what you learn when you go to these other shoots is they're all good people, you know? Yep. So you, absolutely. You go, you go in and it's like, I've been welcomed now by these other people that are sporting clay shooters. And it feels like I've known them for 20 years after a week of hanging out, just like a trap shoot. And you know, they're all honest and they'll, they'll take care of you and they're there to help. And and what I like about it is it's getting me back to the beginning of trap shooting in the fact that like right now, I'm really trying to get myself to the next level of trap shooting and work on the little finer things, right? 
But like when you're at a 99 average and you're trying to get to 99.4, you know, you know, you're already kind of there, but you're pushing and pushing and pushing. Well, sporting right. clays for me is like my first 25 all over again. It's like, okay, where where do I put the shells? You know, where where's the where's the gun? You know, and and it re- brings me back to the root of what I fell in love with is learning, and yep. and it's learning over again. And and taking that, and I and I can tell you there was things that I was learning over there that I'm gonna integrate at some level into my shooting sports game all the way around. So I think whenever you go other directions, even though you're not gonna perform as well, you're learning things. And and that that learning is invaluable and that training yes. is invaluable. And it's just like, oh, okay, this is how they think, this is how their body works. I wonder how that's gonna come back over to trap shooting i feel like i got i got my money's worth for sure going over there well absolutely and and i tell people this all the time when i'm teaching i shoot a lot of sporting clays all summer long when i'm not shooting trap i'm shooting sporting clays i shoot a sporting clays league i shoot a five stand league all summer long so when i get back my, my squad ryan glow myself my son tyler todd and chase walter we shoot on a, a sporting league and we run out there, we shoot 200 sporting targets every time I'm back. So that, I think, helps you in the trap game, in my opinion. I think, I think it does. And, you know, I, I didn't shoot sporting a lot before, but I used to practice skeet. And I think that skeet was teaching me to stand the gun and move left to right. And that's what helped my doubles out a lot. But mm-hmm. whenever I was coming out of the gun, I would, ever, I would start doing things that required more gun movement. The more yep. gun movement, yep. the more I had to stand that gun. And then I'd come back to trap and everything's a little tighter. And you're like, okay, this is this is a lot easier now. So yeah, um, oh know, absolutely. I, I think I got my money's worth on everything, even after buying the the gifts for the our families. You know, well yeah, you got to buy gifts though. I mean, you go yeah. all you buy without them, and you tell them how yeah, to you know, do a podcast, and then you don't come yeah. up with any gifts. It gets rough. Yeah, you you end up at Louis Vuitton and whoa, but yeah, no, I mean, it's, the good news is it's, no taxes though. We like that. No taxes. Yeah, exactly. You, you buy something and then you go back to the airport and they refund your tax based on your, your passport number. So yeah. that was kind of yeah. cool. Um, as far as, you know, obviously I wasn't in the winner's circle. Ricky won a couple uh, a couple flash targets, which is obviously something he's going to do everywhere he goes. But did it touch on the shooters that really, you know, performed at a high level? Matthew DeMaw, is that how you say his name, DeMaw? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he, that, yeah. He won champion. And then he was tied. America, he was tied. For, for so, yeah, he he well, they were high, and then he shot up with Anthony, and yeah. he ended up winning. But for America, we had Anthony finish second, and then we had Joe Finese finish third. Correct? Joe Finese and Dominic Grassi tied, and so they shot off, and it was a long shoot off. I think oh, yeah. they went something like 50, 60 target, whatever it was, and they ended up tied joe ended up beating him and joe also won first in junior so yeah it, it that was good and then for ladies madison sharp won champion and then yep. karen she uh, karen karen miles, miles she was off for runner-up and third and she got runner-up so yep. so i mean a lot of americans showed presence there so it's Absolutely. always good to, to know because a lot of times there's great shotgun shooters from all over the world. You got to give it to these guys. I mean, they're shooting oh. a bunch of stuff that we've never seen, but it just shows that I guess if you're training on the courses here in America and you're shooting it consistently, you're at that high level, you should be prepared at some level to go over here. That's what I yep. I mean. Yep. Um, 
But yeah, I'm looking all the winners, including the flash yep. target winners, which weren't me, which I'm a little bitter. I kind of wanted that $500, but hey, it is what it is. <laughs> all the listeners, we enjoyed it. You know, I'm really wanting to, you know, travel and shoot some more sporting in other parts of the world just to experience it. Because, I mean, I've been shooting trap for 35 years and I've shot in about every I shot a clay target in about every state in the United States, except I think Alaska and Maine. And I'm planning on going fishing this summer in, in Alaska, taking my wife and son there. And, and hopefully I can grab a shotgun and go shoot some uh, clay targets while I'm there to knock that off the bucket list. But I really want to shoot sporting in other parts of the world and just to, you know, try to compete. I mean, did I do my best over in, in the Fujara? No. I mean, I, I could have hit probably 15 or so more targets and maybe placed up a little higher, but hey, it was an experience, learn, right? It's an experience. Exactly. And I think going back, we're going to learn. And I think, you know, if any Americans want to go, I think we should plan it. You know, 2025, if we're going to head out there, get a bunch of us and fly out together because it's a good time. You know, the dinner's oh. done. Yeah, drink at the resorts. I mean, it's just a good time. Well, and the other thing is, is if you want any info on it or any questions on this trip, you know, hit Zachariah up. We can send you info. We can get you info. Well, I think this has been a great experience together with you, Rick. I, I'm going to enjoy it. Uh, we're going to get a lot of pictures out there. I still got a bunch oh, yeah. of stuff to, to post on the internet, but it was definitely a trip of a lifetime. I'm going to want to go again. I appreciate you taking the time today to share with the listeners, the experience, and we're going to, we're going to have something good for you again, trap related next Friday. Uh, you'll guys will look out. I think we're going to have the, the Barthelo brothers. So it yeah. uh, should be a good episode for sure. Absolutely. Anything you'd like to say in closing, Richard, you know, guys, I, I would just like to thank everybody from Fujar, the crown prince, you know, for putting on such an awesome shoot. The, the people that were behind the scenes there, the one lady, and I can't remember her name. She helped me out with my passport. I think Sarah. No, 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 no. She was, um, I can't, it, it was um Arabic name. I can't think of it off the top of my head. But anyways, she was, I mean, they just helped out. And then also, all the Americans, you know, Anthony Matarese, Nick Berry, Caitlin and her mom, Mama Jean, and and then my partner in crime here, Giuseppe. Yeah, we nicknamed him because Giuseppe kept, tipping everybody and we got about everything we could with uh with tips you know yeah, you so a couple dollars it opens up the doors that's yeah sure. but you know thanking my sponsors for allowing me to continue to do this and shooting and my sure. family my wife and son allowing me to travel all the way to the the middle east a hundred percent and and i would like to thank our show sponsors you know obviously remington obviously wittig we have shot tracker these are great companies give them all a shot We've got some new sponsors coming in the future that we're going to announce. So uh, exciting news. And we'll, uh, we'll be back next Friday. So hope you all have a great day. Absolutely. Thanks, oh, Zach. Oh, and no, don't forget RM Shooting Clinics. Yep. Zach Bach forgot me. I never forget. RM Shooting Clinics. Well, ha have a great day, everyone.